You're listening to A Strange Arrangement. Welcome back to A Strange Arrangement, the show where each week a different guest artist takes the same song, Old Lang Syne, and tears it apart, and using reharmonization or orchestration or whatever they can think of, builds up something unique. So one thing to think about when reharmonizing a piece of music is your bass motion. How are your bass notes going to move? Depending on the sound and the emotion that you're looking for, you can go in a million different directions. Let's start with level one, which would be just to play the root notes of your chords. So we have our first bit of the melody here, which happens over the chords G, D, G, and C. I'm going to play a line of lower notes under that melody that go G, D, G, and C. This is your basic harmonic component, outlining the order of the chords simply, and from there you can fill in the other voices. And that's fine, there's nothing wrong with that. But maybe you want the bass line to have a bit more of a melodic feel to it, more connected, smoother, if you will. No problem. Let's call this level two, where we will use some inversions. This is where you play the notes of a chord in a different order. So for example, when we get to the D chord, instead of playing that root note, D, I'll play the fifth of the chord, which is A. And when we get to the second G chord, I'll play the third of the chord, B, instead of the root. Now my bass line sounds like this. That's a very different feel, right? A little uplifting. And from there you can fill in the other voices. Now let's get a little more intense. There are seven notes in a G major scale, but now I'm going to start using notes outside of that scale. This is called chromaticism. I'm going to use some of those notes to make a different bass line that starts on G and goes down to C. Listen. Now we're getting much more complex, using very different chords with different note orders to make a more complex sound, which can really take our simple melody into a new direction. And if you haven't had much experience with it, like me, it can be pretty intimidating. Like that C sharp in the bass under D. I agonized over that for like half an hour. But ultimately, I think it's okay. Interesting bass motion is just one of many cool things that my guest uses this week in their arrangement. It was honestly hard to pick one thing to dig into. But my guest has studied a lot of music written by a lot of composers set to a lot of different worlds and levels. Yeah, remember when I mentioned levels earlier? That's because my guest this week analyzes video game music. Everything about the Mario games is designed for pure, unadulterated fun. The, from the, the Nier games has a distinct identity, a pervasive sense from of March's melancholy. suggestion, I'm going to take a look at Grant Kirkhope's orchestration techniques found in Banjo-Kazooie for the N64. I love Chibi-Robo! 
the franchise, so today really we're going to talk about the idea of motivic transformations throughout the soundtrack of Link's Awakening, as requested by patron... This Alan is 8-Bit Music Theory. He has a YouTube channel where he talks about music from different video games, breaking down and writing out different techniques and style used in all your favorite games. Metric modulation used in Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. The use of leitmotif in Hollow Knight. And one of my favorite videos, non-functional harmony and chrono trigger. He has studied a lot of great music and does a great job explaining it to others. Trust me, I know. I've been watching his videos for years now, which is why I'm so, so excited that he agreed to take some time and make an arrangement for us. Like, really excited. So I'm going to play the theme music, and I'm going to do a little happy dance, and then we're going to hear a great artist rearrange a tune. Because this... This is what we do on a strange arrangement. Hey everybody, I'm 8-Bit Music Theory, and I arranged Old Lang Syne for the podcast. There were a couple things I was thinking of when I was working on it. First and most important was to keep things pretty grounded. Old Lang Syne is such an old and beautiful melody. Everyone knows it, you know, very traditional. And that's the kind of thing that I think it can be really tacky when you try and throw a bunch of, you know, spicy jazz chords or whatever on top. Uh, I really wanted to stay true to kind of the harmony that's inherent in the melody. The melody is very clear about outlining different chords, mostly just a G major chord. And so I wanted to maintain that spirit and not try and push too much extra color on it. That being said, I still wanted to add a bunch of more modern harmonic colors. So I was trying to think of how to do that. And the first thing that came to mind was inversions. Trying to put notes in the bass other than the root. So you hear that from the very beginning. Uh, we have our tonic G chord with the fifth in the bass D. It's not a very exotic sound, but it's got a lot more kind of motion. It's got a lot more, I don't know, presence. It's more interesting than just a G chord. It's going somewhere, right? Um, so that was kind of my first idea, and I just tried to go from there. And so there are a lot of places throughout the arrangement where you can see the bass kind of acting as a counterline against the melody, not necessarily following the roots of the chords, but trying to find a way to weave through them in an interesting way. Um, and this is something I really appreciate about the Beach Boys and Brian Wilson's work is his approach to bass motion. Very unorthodox, especially for the time. Even though really this kind of technique has its roots in very old classical music, which is maybe why it applies so well to this old melody. So right at, from the very beginning, you see the bass going up by half steps, D to D sharp to resolve to an E. Um, and harmonized by a G over D to a D sharp diminished that resolves to E minor. Very next phrase, the bass goes the other way. Instead of moving up, it moves down from D to C to B. And even though the chords are a really simple 1, 5, 1, G, D7, G, having it be a G over D, and then a D7 over C, and then a G over B, those are all way more colorful ways of playing those chords. 
And so even though the melody is very sticks very close to home, you're still adding a bunch of colors underneath it that sound like they're supposed to be there, or at least that was my intention. There's kind of a recurring riff, I guess, of this walk down from B to B flat to A to D, resolving to our tonic G in the bass. And it happened to work really well over the melody to harmonize it as like a G over B, B flat diminished to A to A minor to D7 to G. That's a pretty common turnaround um, that happened to fit well, and I liked it, so I used it twice. And I took that idea of the kind of chromatic, chromatically descending bass line and tried to put that at the climax of the piece. This is another thing that I was thinking about, is I wanted to give the arrangement a low point and a high point. Uh, dynamically, I mean. So the low point comes uh, close to the beginning. We kind of start strong with that big G over D. It sounds almost regal or something. But then when we resolve to that E minor, I kind of want to suck all the energy out and have it just be this bare, crunchy thing. Maybe not quite the right mood for, you know, ushering in the new year, but... But I think it worked as like a low dynamic point to build from. And so from that point, we build all through the next phrase with the, you know, snare drum rolls and cymbals. And then the following phrase kind of kicks into a groove. That's just something that happened when I was trying to work stuff out on the piano. For whatever reason, it sounded like it needed to be a groove there. <laughs> I think probably... Because that's another one where the, the melody is outlining G major so strongly that I was trying to think of, like, how many different ways can I harmonize this where it doesn't sound like I'm pushing too far. That isn't just a straight G major chord. And one way that I thought worked well was the G over A in the bass. So it's not even an, an inversion, it's a slash chord. The bass note has nothing really to do with the chord on top, but I, I love that voicing as a way to voice what should be a, a minor chord in the key. And I think that kind of sound applies itself well to, to, this, to a groove. Or at least maybe that's where I hear it used most often as in groovy settings. So for whatever reason, I started grooving on that part, added the drums and underneath after. And that kind of, you know, keeps momentum going, builds up to the climax, the last phrase where we have this chromatic walk down in the bass. And this is where I started to really take notes from outside the key and go for more adventurous colors because it's, you know, the high point, the... The, the the climax so yeah descending chromatic walk down f sharp to f to e to d to c sharp to c the melody layers on top of that pretty nicely and then the inner voices fill out the chords and i really liked how the inner voices move um, especially that d minor 11 g melody note d bass note and uh and uh, c and f inside that resolve down to an a add two over C sharp. That the motion of the inner voice is really, uh, I thought was good. And so after the high point, you know, I thought it would make sense to kind of clear out the instruments and have a slower, more laid back, uh, final little phrase with the recurring turnaround that I mentioned before. A little minor four to one action because why not you know you gotta have that 
yeah, overall, overall, I'm pretty happy. I think that I mostly stayed away from getting too crazy as far as I still, I wanted the music to fit the melody, even while being a little more adventurous than the original harmonization. But yeah, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out, and I hope that you are too. And now, here's the whole arrangement. Thank you so much, 8-Bit Music Theory. I cannot thank you enough. Where can people go if they want to learn more about you? Uh, so you can find my stuff at on YouTube. 8-Bit Music Theory is the channel, and I talk about music theory uh, as it applies to video game music. Um, so if that sounds like the kind of thing you'd be interested in, go right ahead and check it out. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Bye. A Strange Arrangement was produced by me, Rob McCarthy. I edit and mix the show, and I made our theme music. Our artwork was done by Daniel Joel Newman. You can find more of his artwork at danieljoelnewman.com. Special thanks to Brian Watson and Rob Hom for notes, and an extra special thanks to Elizabeth Stahl for notes and for the voice that you hear at the top of the show. If you like the show and want to support us, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Or you can go to our website, asamusicpodcast.com, and you can leave a comment under each episode. Let me know what you like, what you didn't like, what you want to see more of. Next week, we do something completely different. So find out next time on A Strange Arrangement. <laughs>